You're listening to SpartanUpPodcast.com, where we study success and everything required to create it. We interview people from all over the world that are successful, no matter how they define it. Hey, welcome to Pittsfield, Vermont. We're here in The Barn, uh, SpartanUpPodcast.com. Uh, we've got a great team. Uh, Joe DeSena doesn't need much introduction, the founder of Spartan Race, but he's the one who brought us all here. Thanks very much. Thanks, <laughs> uh, Colonel Tim Nye, anyone who's been watching the podcast is very familiar I'm with sure. uh, Tim, but uh, retired uh, special operations. Very pleased to have him here. Uh, Sephra, Sephra has a great title. She is the local rewilding expert. She has a operation out here where she brings people out to tents, gets them back in touch with nature here in Pittsfield, Vermont. Very important. We've looked at how people are really out of touch. She's had, a, you've had about 150 people go through the program and 60 have come back. <laughs> We're still looking for the other 90. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. the others are out and, wandering uh, around. Youth somewhere. of all ages. And I'm Johnny Waite. And what, what, I'm really excited about this interview because a lot of people see me as a happiness expert. They call me well, and say, more of a doctor. Sure, okay, sure. Yeah, Dr. Johnny Waite. How can I, how can I be happy? Um, this is a guy who's actually studying that formally at and, Cornell University. And he's not even a doctor yet. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Right? He he's has a, not reached your status, but you, but you feel like you can learn from him. You know what? I'm looking forward to learning from him. We are here Spartan Up the Podcast at Cornell University with Amit Kumar, who's a doctor? Doctoral <laughs> candidate. Doctor, doctoral <laughs> candidate in social psychology. Yep. Uh, you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> and you study happiness? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So we've done a lot of stuff on how people can kind of spend their money in ways to be happier. Um, so it's kind of a problem that people have. Like when I get more money, it seems like I'm not becoming a happier person. Um, why is that? Uh, one of the things that we look at is maybe people sort of make bad decisions um, with their in money? terms of how they spend their money. Um, so we've sort of drawn this distinction between uh, experiential purchases and material purchases. Um, so it's, to be clear, it's kind of money that you spend on doing versus having. So stuff, furniture, clothing, jewelry, gadgets versus uh, experiences that you live through, whether they be concerts, uh, meals out, uh, vacations, trips, Spartan races, um, sort of series of events that you live through. Um, and it turns out that people get more happiness from some of these experiential purchases than their material purchases. Is it, is it hands down that that's the case? Or like, is it, is it almost 100% of the, the cases that that's true? Uh, it's true for most people, at least sort of in America. So in developed countries is really where we've, um, that's where we've studied it. But um, I think the reason it surprises most people is because um, material possessions kind of stay with you in some sense. Like when you buy something, you get to keep it. Um, A Gucci bag. Yeah, exactly. For experiences, people will say like, this is only going to last three hours or three days or a couple weeks or something. Um, so maybe it's a better way to spend my money if I buy stuff instead of doing things. Um, what they don't realize is they get used to that stuff or it grows obsolete or whatever, um, but you kind of continue deriving benefits from the experiences that you've had. The memories, the friends you meet. The stories you tell, yeah, the social connections they foster, stuff like that. The, so, the identity that you develop, the person you become. So Spartan Race has a future. Uh, I think so, or I hope so if we want people to be happier. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so um, we, we see a massive outpouring of people wanting to compete and come out and do these Spartan races. Certainly that must be part of it, right? They come out and they have such a great time. And, and relatively speaking, it's pretty inexpensive, right? It's an inexpensive experience. Yeah, how much you spend on an experience doesn't necessarily determine how much enjoyment you get from it. Uh, it does matter more for sort of material stuff. People say you get what you pay for. That's true for material goods, um, but for experiences, 
it doesn't really matter how much you spend. What matters is sort of what you get out of it. So there's lots of reasons why experiences make people happier. Um, I think the Spartan race kind of embodies some of those. So the sense of self that you develop, like who are you as a person? Um, your material purchases don't speak to that very much, but the experiences that you've had do. Um, how much do you sort of connect to other people? How, how much kinship do you feel to other humans? What's the sense of community you're developing? Um, material purchases are sort of more isolating, whereas um, experiences kind of serve to connect people to each other. Um, and you kind of mentioned memories. I think stories is sort of an important part of it too. So people, um, people talk more about their experiences than their material possessions, and that's important for lots of reasons. So when you talk about stuff, you can um, rethink it, you can position it in the broader context of your life, um, which, I, which I think is really important. And not feel bad, right? Because if you bought something materially that another person doesn't have, it's hard to talk about that. And you're feeling bad because the other person that might not have that. But Yeah, there's right. necessarily these sort of comparisons that happen with material purchases. So I'm going to feel bad if somebody has something better than what I have or if they paid less for the same thing that I have, those sorts of things. Um, for experiential purchases, that's mine. So um, I, don't, I wouldn't trade my experience for somebody else's. I want what I've done because um, that's kind of important to um, my sense of self. Sure. And um, when I was younger, I was well, actually while I was at Cornell, I was running a uh, swimming pool and construction company. And what I found was um, I had first world country employees. I also had third world country employees. And most of the first world country employees would say to me, I don't know what I want to do with my life or I'm not happy. Or the third world people were seemed always happy as long as they were working. <laughs> Have you studied that at all? Uh, we haven't looked at that specifically, but I think there's lots of possible reasons for why that might be. So um, in a lot of sort of, especially in countries in Latin America and South America, um, I think societies, sort of communities, governments encourage experiential pursuits a lot more than our society does. So we have this sort of consumer culture here. Um, but if we lived, you know, you can't, it's the hiking and the biking and stuff like that that makes people happier, the swimming. You can't do that sort of stuff unless there are well-maintained public parks and beaches and community swimming pools and stuff like that. Um, when you live in a society that sort of fosters that sort of consumption, experiential consumption instead of material consumption, um, that might sort of tend to make people in that society happier, I think. And, and, and that's what you're saying because they have, um, they probably have less money in many instances and so they're not going out buying Gucci bags and buying material things, right? But they can go for a hike, they can go for a bike ride, they can go do whatever. Yeah, if it's relatively easy for them to do that sort of stuff, they're even more likely to do that stuff, um, which I think is super important, yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back and try to find out how to be happy. I hope you're not sitting still while you listen. If you are, you better get a burpee break in. My producer says we need a lot of reviews on iTunes so that Apple will make it easy for you to find our show. Can you help us out by subscribing and writing a review? Would really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We are back with Mr. Happy, and we're talking about um, how how people can find happiness, right? And you're saying it's coming from experiential um, pursuits yep. as opposed to material pursuits. Um, our camera person, who's dying to be the talent in the show, and <laughs> any chance she gets wants to be in here, said there's something called level one fun and level two fun. What were you saying? Like ice, eating ice cream would be level one fun. But that has a short shelf life. 
right? Is that what you're saying? Like, you, are you going to necessarily talk for long periods of time about the ice cream you had and it's unhealthy and, and all that stuff? Level two fun would be like doing a Spartan race, going ballooning, hot air ballooning, climbing a mountain. Probably miserable while you're doing it. But then, but then all the endorphins get released at the finish line, all that, that whole experience gets discussed for years on end, you reflect on it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think looking at sort of these experiences that are negative in the moment is really interesting. Um, and that's sort of something we're starting to pursue now. Uh, so when you, we make all these comparisons to sort of material possessions and it's hard to reframe negative material goods. So when your computer starts acting up or whatever, it's not like you can be like, oh, isn't it nice that all of a sudden my computer isn't doing what I wanted it to do? Um, with experiences, because they're sort of, in a sense, they're fleeting because you don't keep doing them, but they live on in these stories that you tell. And when you're telling the stories, you might sort of be able to um, rethink of them in these important ways. Like, uh, how does this um, sort of, how did this become who I am? Um, one thing that's really interesting uh, that I really want to study, actually, we haven't looked at it yet, is whether people make these, these experiences that were negative in the moment um, kind of more negative when they're talking about them. So it's like, oh, that was like so tough. That was so horrible. Yeah, I but lost a toe. Yeah, yeah, but you're still getting this sort of positive feeling from it because you're sharing these stories with other people. Or it could be that those things that were negative before, when you're talking about them, you turn them into these positive things. Like, oh, it was this super amazing bonding moment. You kind of forget about how painful it was to hurt your toe or whatever. And so we have um, one million participants this year globally that you can interview. And <laughs> that I'm sure all of them um, blow up how, terrible, uh, dif yeah. how terribly difficult the race was while the race was occurring. But at the same time, you can't wait to get back. Yeah, so you can tell other people about it. Right. That's kind of part of why you're deriving more happiness from these sorts of experiences. Another thing I would look at, I don't know if you've looked at this, but um, I would argue that that difference between the experience and the material good part of it is derived from the fact that you're sweating breathing having acting like an animal which is what we were meant to act like like there's something um, inherently good about using this body that we were that we've been blessed with right I think that might sort of help encourage these feelings of connection especially to other people doing the race with you that sort of thing um, so you're kind of learning about your shared humanity and that's going to make you closer to other people. So we've done these studies where um, people say they feel more similar, more kinship with somebody that's had the same experience as them than somebody who um, has bought the same material possession as them. Um, we also have these studies where people are actually more generous to other people after they've thought about experiences they've had than their material possessions. We don't really know why that is, why they're acting um, sort of more pro-socially, but uh, one great possibility is like, I understand how I'm like other humans rather than how I'm different from other humans. Um, I think that would be really interesting to study. Yeah, We're going backwards for a second. So I, I, uh, Vanderbilt's, very wealthy family, must have been 70s or 80s, the son kills himself. Had everything, everything you could ever want, right? All the material things. I saw some studies on billionaires. Many billionaires are not happy. Why is that? Yeah, is exactly what we're talking about? They're this is a problem that like keeps economists up at night. It's like money should make people a lot happier. It seems like it doesn't, um, or at least not as much as it should. Uh, and I think that's because people are sort of making these mistakes in terms of how to spend their money, where they're shifted too far towards sort of um, materialism. Um, so there's this term from the 70s in psychology, uh, the 60s actually, called uh, the hedonic treadmill, where like once you get something you get used to it and then you want more and more and more. Um, 
So this concept of adaptation is actually really important for this distinction. Um, adaptation is actually really helpful in terms of happiness when it comes to negative experiences. So people lose limbs uh, and you know that really sucks, but after a little while, um, you can still live sort of a meaningful, happy life. Um, when it comes to positive experiences though, adaptation's kind of this enemy. You get used to your stuff, and so you need more stuff to get the same amount of happiness, um, and then you get used to that new stuff that you bought. Experiences are kind of resistant to adaptation because of how they live on um, in our memories, in our stories, and in our social relationships. Sure. So what would be, um, if you were talking to all our consumers here, our Spartan race, uh, happy consumers, what would you recommend they do to maintain happiness? Uh, I personally would definitely say you should tilt some of your spending towards experiences uh, and, and away from material goods. Um, one interesting finding that I think you might like in this literature is um, people have studied regrets of experiences and possessions. Um, for possessions, people tend to have regrets of uh, action. So I sort of, I did this thing and I wish that I hadn't done it. Uh, it's buyer's remorse, basically. With experiences, the regrets tend to be of inaction. So um, there's something that you really, you could have done this thing, but uh, you wish you had, but you hadn't. Um, those regrets are really problematic when it comes to experiences. So when you have the opportunity to do something, you really should take advantage of it. Um, you should go ahead and, and engage in that experience. That's How do you convince that person? Let's say uh, one and a half million people come to our website and um, 1.4 million of them are afraid that month to sign up, <laughs> right? Those 1.4, theoretically, based on what you just said, are gonna regret not doing it. They had the opportunity, they looked at it, they saw the date. How do you convince them? How do you get them over the line? You know they're gonna love it when they get to the finish line. Yeah, I think a big part is probably hearing the stories of other people that have, have gone through the experience. So once you uh, can connect to other people that are just like you, or um, you know, people that you wouldn't expect to do these sorts of races uh, end up doing these amazing things. When you see those stories, you might get the sense that, wow, maybe I could do this too. Um, and then I think they're likely going to be happier as, as a result. As a result. And would you say, my mother, when we were young, uh, threw all the materials, things away, and she threw everything out. My <laughs> sister and I woke up. She had gone to India, and she came up with this uh, thesis that material things were no good, and she was getting rid of everything. My sister and I woke up, and everything was thrown away. And uh, my sister and I's opinion was, look, mom, it's great you did your stuff, but why would you throw our stuff away? <laughs> um, in retrospect, I think she was right. I think material things are useless. I mean, you do need a fork to eat and you need a couple of things, shoes to walk. But um, are you recommending scrap everything? Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, in terms of sort of who you are as a person, you probably didn't, you might've changed a little bit as a result of her doing that. But one thing you realize is you might feel attached to that stuff, but that stuff isn't really who you are. Your experiences kind of make up the, the person that you are. Um, so I don't know if I'd recommend that people get rid of their stuff, but they should probably stop acquiring more and more stuff. What about the medal? The medal they get at the end of this uh, race, the Spartan race, is like, it might as well be a gold medal. These customers of ours go crazy over the medal. <laughs> I mean, they, to the point where if, if, if they don't, get the right one, the nicest one, uh, like they're giving out in Europe right now, Spartan Ray's giving out in Europe, they're, they're mad. Is it all about the metal? Uh, I hope not, though. The, the psychologist in me says the answer should be how people, it depends on how people are thinking about the metal. So what you just described, um, people aren't gonna be happy if they're thinking about the metal in terms of like how nice this one is compared to that one. 
But if they're construing the medal as sort of a symbol of this experience they had, um, then they're going to be thinking about the experience rather than that um, sort of item, uh, and then they're going to probably get some happiness from the medal itself. I think the medal might help as kind of this marker of this thing that you that did. That they did it, and they get to remember it, and they get to tell stories. It's proof. It's the fish they caught, right? Yeah, uh, so that part I think matters, the how nice it looks, those sorts of things, that shouldn't matter that much in terms of happiness. So basically every time we get a customer service inquiry that says they, they want the medal like they give out in Europe, I could just play this video and say, according to the professor, <laughs> <laughs> he says don't worry about the medal. Uh, I could authorize that. You can feel free to use, use my good name to do that, I think. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite exercise? Uh, actually, hilariously, uh, so I'm 28 and I just learned how to ride a bike this year. Wow. Uh, I never learned as a, or I had a bike with training wheels and I just kind of never moved on. Um, and people tried to teach me when I was in college and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, just a couple months ago, I finally learned how to ride a bike and there's like nothing more fun to me right now than, than doing that. Awesome. Well, I want to get some video of you riding the bike. Uh, hopefully not the video of me learning how to ride a bike, because that's yeah. a little, I'm still a little wobbly, I guess, but uh, right. I'd love to go on a bike do, ride. Do you have a bike yet? I do have a bike, yeah. So Gary, you know Gary at the bike shop? He's a good friend of mine. Cool. So tell him Joe, uh, the guy that used to race BMX when he was a kid, that we met. <laughs> Is he going to give me a free tune-up? He might. He might. <laughs> I think we're good friends. So. All right, cool. Thanks for doing that. You know, he's, I think he's found a ticket. And I, and I like what he says about experiences versus materialism. Certainly that's something that I identify with. You know, I, uh, living in a couple eco-villages out in islands off of Scotland or whatever. You know, they, they, they have very little. They utilize what they have. They use the seaweed to uh, mulch their beds. You know, I mean, when you don't have a lot, then you start to look at the natural resources around you and, and start to figure them out. So for me, I think it's a great message. And um, I, I defer to our, our wellspring of happiness here, uh, Johnny. Well, I, I really concur with him about the idea that uh, going after experiences rather than material things. What, what do they say that you don't own things, things own you? Yeah. And um, you, you can't take them with you, but you can take the experiences with you. And what I really loved was his um, study about purchases that you look back on and regret versus wish that you'd done. He said, statistically, the things that you buy, you'll usually look back and wish that you hadn't spent that money. The things that you don't invest in as far as experiences, you're going to look back and wish that you had. So I just think that'd be a great litmus test every time I'm thinking about, should I spend money on this? If it's something I'm going to buy, I should err on the side of not because it's not going to make me happier. Whereas if it's something that I'm going to do, I should really err on the side of I'm going to do this. So we're in the right business then. Yeah, absolutely. If you, think, if you think about it, right? We're in the experience business. It's a luxury good yeah. in a sense. If we were selling handbags right now, we'd probably be having a tough time. But we're selling mud and barbed wire. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I don't want to say you're selling hope or dreams or anything, but, you, but you're selling a philosophy. You're, sell, you're selling a lifestyle is what you're yeah. selling. And people are buying it. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Rehumanizing, right? It's like it's like reminding them of their humanity because a lot of things you just you, you just keep on buying these these things these things, but but they're not they're not building community. They're not building connection between other people. They're not they're not rewilding yourself, right? As mm -hmm. you guys keep saying, or making your brain healthier, or making anything healthier. So so basically. Um, I don't know what's 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 the purpose and and I think this is often the cliche that we talk about right that there's CEOs who have everything and they have tons of money and but they're really unhealthy and are they happy? My right? mom, I mean, I'm listening to you and it just it just doesn't um, make sense. <laughs> my mother my mother died at a young age but I'm remembering uh, something she did. My sister and I woke up. I was about 14 years old. My sister must have been about 10, and all our stuff was gone. Yeah, there was nothing in our room, our closet. 
and uh, she she would go to India so often. She was into meditation, yoga, and she must have caught on to this concept early on that material things don't mean much. And she decided one morning at four in the morning she was just going to throw everything away. And um, and I remember my sister and I saying, "Mom, that's that's cool that you're into this weird thing, but why not throw your stuff away? <laughs> we wanted we wanted our <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But she was right. She was right. It's not." That important. We were pissed at the time, obviously, as young kids, but um, I think we're happier now. Not well, attachment. To, to jump on what you guys both said about um, about Spartan Race and the idea that it's an experience, um, you think about the people who show up on Monday at work, and whether they're the CEO or they're a student or they're anything in between, they're jazz. They're at work. Oh, you wouldn't believe what I did this weekend. And so the hour that they're out in the course, or the five hours or whatever it was is just the spark invaluable that, oh but it really i mean it changes who they are you know they can now identify as somebody who is in touch with their physical physicality as you say who gets out and does stuff and um what i've watched my favorite thing to do at a spartan race um is to run sweep and sweep is to follow that last person in and get that last person safely off the course there's so many incredible stories where these people have talked about something that's happened to them and they decided i'm gonna go and do this thing um i've stayed in touch with a couple actually who um have changed their lives completely and you know they're not out there spending money on a bigger tv so they can sit and watch more shows which is what a lot of people are doing and they're getting less happy on that note how about the the, we met some teenagers in canada that came up to me and said hey i just want to tell you uh, me and my friend here used to smoke an enormous amount of pot we used to sit and play video games we learned about spartan race and we said wait a minute that's like a real life video game we traded our video games in at the shoe store for sneakers and now all we do is Spartan races, so thank you. I was with nice. Joe for that, and the kid showed me his tattoo. Remember that on his forearm? Yeah, yeah. And it was a Spartan tattoo? No, it was really cool. It was, it was this weird little tag, and I said, what's that? And he said, when we played a lot of video games, that was our call, that was our team name, and yeah, it was yeah. just our lives just spiraling down the drain. We just sat around smoking pot, eating Cheetos, and playing this video game. The one friend did a Spartan race, came to his other buddy, said, we got to do this. True story, they, they traded their video games in for shoes. They started going to Spartan races and they put this team name on their forearms as a tattoo to remind them that this was their new life. And so they run as whatever the team was called That's at great. Spartan races. Incredible, yeah. But, but again, you know what I mean? This is about experiences that change your life. I love what, what this guy said, that, um, that you're always going to regret not having invested in experiences. You're usually gonna regret having invested in material things. I thought it was fantastic. It's good stuff. Yeah. Let's, yeah. um, let's get people to the site, yeah, spartanuppodcast.com. You'll learn about Colonel Nye's Interactive Corner. You'll learn about Sephirin, the things you can do in the woods. And Dr. Johnny will help you with any of your medical issues you might be having right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to help he you. Knows that, hypnosis. I'm going to help you reframe your life so you can get after your goals. The Spartan Up Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Race Incorporated. To find a race near you, visit spartan.com. Interviews were conducted by Joe DeSena with help in the UK from Del Grismo. Video and audio production by Marion Abrams with audio post-production by Aaron Moore. Thank you for listening to another epic story of success. And don't forget to visit SpartanUpPodcast.com to find videos of every episode along with notes and lessons.